What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. This is a weekly public affairs program designed to keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Now here's Vin Ebenu with this week's Jersey Shore Journal. And a good evening to you. I hope that you've all had a great weekend and I thank you for joining me to discuss the Jersey Shore here tonight. My guest on the show tonight is Danny Mendez, Assistant Director of the Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge in Forked River. Then Dan Alexander has a look at what's on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Lions, tigers, and beers. Oh my. Don't worry, it's not terrifying. It's actually a lot of fun. The Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge in the Forked River section of Lacey is getting ready to host their second annual festival and fundraiser, June 10th, Lions, Tigers, and Beers. Yes, of course, there is beer and food and fun, but it's a really a, a big-time fundraiser for the Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge in Forked River and an educational opportunity for kids of all ages, for adults as well. It's just a fantastic event, well populated last year. So many people went out, and they're expecting another big crowd this year. Danny Mendez, assistant director of the Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge in Forked River, joined me and Dave Crossan recently on Short Time with Vin and Dave, a show that you can listen to every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. on 94.3 The Point. And Danny gave us all the details that we need to know and all the details that you need to know about this fun event coming up. How did uh, the first rendition of Lions, Tigers, and Beers go last year? Oh, wow. It, it just exceeded our expectations in every way. Um, it was crazy. We sold out. Um, people were, like, scalping tickets. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is, like, full-on concert mode, yeah, Joe. We, <laughs> we hit that level that we are now officially being scalped and all that good stuff. So um, <laughs> based on that, this year is going to be highly anticipated as sure. well. And uh, we're vamping it up. We're going to have more vendors. We're actually opening the gates up to allow more people to come in okay. last year. Nice. Uh, yeah, we capped at about, like, I think 500 people. I think wow. this year we're going to be doing 750 Oof. people. Nice wow. turnout. So, yeah, it was a tremendous turnout. Everyone is so supportive and we really appreciate it when everybody comes out to help out the animals because ultimately that's what it is it's for the animals sure. so right on that's um, outstanding yeah I mean, how many uh I guess distilleries or vendors did you have uh, last year? Uh, last year we had about eight of them, and we're okay. easily doubling up on that, as mm-hmm. well as food trucks. We're going to have ice cream, dessert stations. There you go. Ice cream. And we're even going to do live music again this year. Nice. We're going to have uh, Chris Love Brown that. come back, yeah, who did a, okay. a great job last year. So, yeah, we're really excited. It's going to be bigger, better, more lion ear and tiger ear and barrier. 
You're fired up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of beers. Uh, June 10th is the second annual festival for everybody out there keeping score at home. Um, but this is, uh, you know, like you said a, a couple minutes ago, just for the animals as well. So what is it about the, the fundraising part of this or the educational part of the Lions, Tigers, and Beers Festival that – uh, that you really, you and everybody else at the Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge just re- really want to try and uh, get out to people and have them yeah. come and know. Well, the experience is the full package. I mean, you're going to come out there. You're going to. It's a fundraiser. Obviously, we rely on um, events like this to get food for our animals, to provide you know upgrades to their enclosures, things like that. Um, but this year, um, we really want to focus on the experience of the matter. So when you come in, you're going to have access to all these great craft brewers and this food, but then you're going to have live animal exhibits, which mm. is going to be tremendous. We're going to have interactions with some really special animals that we've got lined up that are educational animals. Nice. Um, I brought two of them here with me. Ah, actually, we got friends. Yeah, we've got some friends for you guys to meet um, just to give you a taste of what it's like, but we're going to be offering a really unique experience this year. It's not often that you get to be face-to-face inches away from these animals learning all about them and it really makes an impact. We found that when people meet these animals face-to-face, the impact is tremendous and the connection is tremendous. So all the way around, it's just a tremendously amazing event in every way, shape, or form. It benefits everybody and everyone has the best times ever. And I think it's a great way to bring, you know, everybody together, but also, you know, bring out some food and some beer. Say, hey, listen, you know, good relax, course. have a good time, enjoy, a, you we know, a nice them loose. Yeah, day. Luckily, to this date, we've not had anybody try to jump in with the bears or everything after too many years. It's always a plus. It's a good thing. You don't want that. I mean, I would have enjoyed the entertainment factor. I don't think a person would have him running around. Recreating the scene from Anchorman. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, no, everybody had a really great time. And it's like I said, it's just the experience of it all. It's an amazing setting. You're in the pines. It's, you know, an warm summer evening. You've got live music. You've got the animals there. And you leave there feeling really good. And not only because of the bears, but by the end of the day, you've contributed to something really, really amazing. So what is, are, is there anything new, um, any additional thing, new things that you're going to be doing at the, the second annual festival for Lions, Tigers, and Beers this year that you didn't do last year or, or everybody got together like, you know what, we could do a little this a little bit more or expand it? Yeah, last year was definitely kind of the litmus test for what we could achieve. And now knowing that we're going to push it further. Um, we've we've in- increased the number of vendors we're going to have there. We're going to have not only the food vendors and the dessert tables, but uh, local artisan crafts vendors, um, people local to the pines. We want to make this also about the environment. You know, uh, down here in South Jersey, we have such a unique ecosystem mm. and we really try hard to let people learn about that. So as they're here, as they're enjoying their evening, we're going to drive home the education portion of that, which is not only- I like that. That's great. Yeah. Not only learning about our animals and what we do, but what what this environment is and how lucky we are, you know, just just to be conscious of what it is that we have here in South Jersey, which is so special. Well, what is the biggest thing that, that people can learn um, at this Lions, Tigers, and Beers Festival just about all the animals there, all the work uh, that you do for animal rescues? Yeah, it's a really unique experience because it's one of the few times where we have our keepers out interacting with the crowd. So this is a chance for people to learn you know, how it is that we keep our animals and what our keepers do to keep them healthy and safe um, and the process. It's a really unique interaction that you get to have 
um, on top of that. But ultimately, we want people to understand what it is we do at Popcorn Park because it's such a unique place. I mean, we're not like a zoo where we have you know a, a collection that we've planned out. All right. of our animals come to us because they needed help um, in one way or another. Um, since I've spoken to you last, we've gotten uh, new tigers and lions that came from Canada last wow. year. Love that. Um, yeah, and, and these are animals that had nowhere else to go. And it, mm. we... we did this huge international effort to get them across the border. Wow. Um, and people don't understand that. When, when people come, you know, to a place like Popcorn, if there's no one there to explain this to you, you're just kind of guessing, oh, okay, you know, they got lions and tigers behind a cage, whatever. You, you really don't come away with the heart of what it is we do. You don't understand that these animals came from really bad environments and now they've got really great environments. And we try to convey that to everybody. And this opportunity really lets you see that happening in a way that you normally wouldn't through normal operations. Wow. No, I love the work that you guys do there and the way you Thank explained you. it last year. It just kind of op- opened my eyes, and I think it opens a lot of other people's eyes and ears, too. Um, and, of course, we're hitting home on the Lions, Tigers, and Beers June 10th, but, I mean, you guys do so much throughout the course of a year. And plenty of days to uh, go check out and scout out your areas of Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge, uh, see what spot you want to take up on June 10th. But, uh, Danny, um, just give us a, you know, especially for those who, who may not know or who don't know uh, the full extent of what you do for these animals, just sh- what are some of the um, some of the animals you have there and some of these stories about how you go about taking care and uh, checking out all the animals once they come in for the first time, you know, having a vet look at them, you know, making sure they're healthy and if they're not, what to do? Yeah, sure. It's a process that involves a lot of people. Um, we work in close cooperation with veterinarians from Cape May Zoo. Um, So in a situation like this, when we get a new animal, so for instance, these lions and tigers that recently came to us from Canada last year, um, it was a big international effort. The veterinarians check them out on their end in Canada before they come to us. They get an exam there, and then they get another full thorough exam once they come to us. Um, At that point, we sedate them, and we do a full workup on the animals when they first arrive. So a veterinarian will be there. They'll take blood samples. We'll look the animal over, make sure it's skin, uh, nails, teeth are all good, things like that. Um, And then it gives us a baseline to work off of that animal's health. So we do blood tests. We do a complete workup. We now have a health baseline for that animal. And over time, we track that. So every few months, they'll be subject to exams. Um, We monitor them closely. The majority of our animals, unfortunately, come to us in a state where they are not healthy. Mm. Um, The majority of our animals are either neglected or abused or they're super old. Um, We've got bears right now that are in their 20s. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so we have to monitor our collection a lot more closely than the average zoological collection just because of... The, uh, the the basis of the animals that we get in and um, you know where they come from initially so it's a big effort and I know I know in in extreme uh, animal abuse or hoarding cases uh, there's health departments getting involved law enforcement mm-hmm. nonprofits uh, popcorn park and, and so on and so forth but um, whether it's a, a bigger case like that or something I, I guess not as extreme for lack of a better word or maybe it's a couple animals or one as opposed to 100 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does Popcorn Park uh, get involved with that or communicate in anything or in, in helping out abused animals sure. or neglected animals in any way? 
Well, part of what Popcorn Park does is not only are we an animal refuge, but we're also a shelter for dogs and cats. Mm. So we regularly deal um, with various municipalities in South Jersey. Um, essentially, we touch base with and work with other agencies like law enforcement or local animal control officers. And when a situation arises, we try to pool all of our resources, us as well as various agencies, other refuges, and even other zoos, depending on the situation. Okay. Um, on a daily basis, we deal ev- with everything from, you know, cat and dog hoarding to really extreme cases of people. You know, we had a case last year of someone who had a very extreme collection. We're talking about like monkeys, uh, lemurs, venomous snakes Mm. and things like that, things they weren't supposed to be keeping. So a lot of times um, we are an emergency kind of uh, repository for this situation when uh, we encounter illegal situations or situations where animals are not being kept properly. We'll do our best to get the help for those animals, whether it's through us or working with other organizations. It's usually a, a kind of a joint effort. And then it's the same sort of um, check out what condition the animals are in and yep. uh, before giving them a new home within the the animal refuge, just seeing what they're what condition they're in. And th- what are, what are, I guess is. I guess depending on the case, Danny, is it more after you check their physical well-being, how do you and the team go about assessing maybe their emotional and mental well-being of these animals coming in, especially in these cases of uh, neglect, abuse, or hoarding where they know no other life and nobody's treated them with anything. They just kind of sit in a home and they don't get the right kind of treatment or bathing or food or anything like that. Yeah, a big part of what we do is um, not only a physical assessment, but a psychological assessment of the animals as well. That helps us to determine if they can be adopted out again. Mm. Um, sometimes some animals come from some such extreme Um, situations where they just don't behave normally. And unfortunately, we have to work with those animals for a longer period of time. But essentially, when we encounter situations like that, the best and most important thing to do in those situations is to get the animals situated in a permanent type of situation. So we look for an immediate foster home or just really push hard to get them adopted out because unfortunately these animals um, won't do as well in a shelter as they would at home. And sometimes part of that healing process is getting them into a home where they can experience positivity and they realize that people aren't all that bad. That changes them about. And soon within a couple of months working with our fosters, we have an animal that is adoptable. Um, Unfortunately, when it comes to wildlife, that's not always the situation. for instance, a lot of our monkeys came from situations where they were kept improperly, um, unsocialized, things like that. And as a result, they can't be normal animals anymore. Um, we have monkeys that don't know how to be monkeys. They, mm. they oh, wow. prefer to be people and they prefer to be with people as opposed to some of their own kind. So a lot of what we do is just kind of assessing the history, uh, the current situation, and then seeing what would be the best fit moving forward for the animals. And we have a great team um, to help us with that. Everyone who does even like home assessments, we make sure the home is the right place for an animal. Or um, in the case of some of the exotics or the wildlife, if we can't provide the best possible situation for it, we will touch base with another organization that can and make sure that that animal ultimately gets there. I imagine it it may vary from, I guess, case to case with some of these animals coming in, but what are some of the signs that you you typically see after an animal's been, you know, taken care of and they're they're there, um, that they show that they trust people again that they feel like they could be themselves, essentially, yeah. or, you know, do normal things for what they would do, be happy. Uh, I mean, are, are there certain things that are like, okay, we know Jack, uh, the monkey, is 
back to acting like Jack the Monkey again, or yeah. he's a happy monkey. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what we strive for is happy monkeys. Um, yeah. We want Jack the Monkey to be happy. <laughs> we want, yeah, you know, happy monkey, happy life, or something like that, right? Um, so essentially what it comes down to is, um, you know, individual assessments. We see these animals come in, and, and they're fearful. And you eventually work around that fear. You know, you show them, hey, it's okay. You give them positive reinforcement. Mm. Um, and, you know, we don't deserve animals because nine times out of ten, they're going to forgive us and they'll be fine. Even the, the most abused <laughs> animals cases, um, you know, you have these dogs and cats that will cower in a corner and you give them love for about a week. Um, it's funny. We have people who like force their love on our some of our stray cats and stuff. Like just hold them and love them, <laughs> hug them. And the cat's like, you know, why did I, why did I, you know. But then like a week later, you see the cat like, coming up and be like, oh, it's right, my right, turn right, to right, you know. Sure. So, so you, it, there's, it's very individualistic, but there are various steps that we take. And ultimately, we want to, you know, turn around and make the animal feel comfortable. And like, going back to the monkeys, uh, yeah. we've, we've got one monkey named Tess. There you uh, go. She's, Good name. Yeah, she's, Tess is amazing. She was my okay. Valentine there. You can check it out on social media. She was my Valentine. I love her. She absolutely nice. loves me too. We have a strong <laughs> bond. And every day I will go to her and she grooms me. Um, she will meticulously groom my beard, the wow. hair on my arms. Yeah, yeah, it's really like she's <laughs> pluck out all the hair. It's, it's one of the yeah. Sometimes, yeah. It's one of the perks we get at, at popcorn is great skincare from our monkeys. Um, so you know, for her, that means everything. That is what makes her comfortable. She does not like other monkeys. She will not groom other monkeys. She wants to groom me, and so you know, that's the sacrifice that's I got to make. Is. Hey, you know, you know. and this is why I'm single. But I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, you got Tess. I guess that's for now. I mean, it works Tess, out. That's all I need in life. Uh, so. Danny, Danny, you've got a, another guest, uh, a non-human guest with us this morning who's uh, hanging out on the table. I have the, <laughs> She has little sneezes. She does. This is her morning okay. sneezes. She just woke up. Um, I have the epitome of gorgeousness here. This is Dizzy the Opossum. Okay. Um, she was one of our first educational animals. She came to us last year and she has a pretty cool story actually. Okay. Um, she was found unfortunately in her mother's pouch who was deceased. Um, it's very common oh, now wow. in the spring for opossums to get hit by cars. Um, oh my goodness. Something yeah. that we do and we, we try to remind all of our staff is if you see a dead opossum check the pouch okay because a lot of times um they'll mm. get hit by cars but the babies manage to survive so wow. in dizzy's case she was the lone survivor of the pouch um, oh there were other ones there were the, other oh, siblings okay. they did not survive um she was the only one that survived and she had a really big gash on her head her mm. forehead like oh, harry boy. potter style um so she obviously had some kind of trauma there um as a result of that trauma, she had head injury that made her spin in circles. And so she couldn't walk straight. Oh. Almost so, like, well, like vertigo yeah. or something? And that's, like, yeah, kind of, it's like a vertigo mm -hmm. thing. That's why she got the name Dizzy. Um, she would kind of <laughs> just like spin in circles. Um, and unfortunately, when that happens, a lot of times these animals get euthanized. Um, mm. They get oh. put down because they're not going to improve. Um, in my experience, sometimes head injuries do improve. So I wanted to give her a chance and uh, we did. And within about two or three months, she was showing almost no symptoms anymore. Wow. Um, at that point, though, it was too late. She was already falling in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> so she couldn't be released into the wild. Um, so she Very calm. Just she literally there. Yeah, she yeah. is, like, the best. Um, she comes home with me sometimes and like actually like we Netflix and chill and everything so go. she's oh, she's used to all situations what's and, her favorite uh, Netflix show oh she got like really into like the whole um, you series oh like, yeah, yeah okay yeah she's got like a little bit of staring a weirdo staring thing going okay. on <laughs> she can't see very well so sometimes she doesn't even realize she's staring at you but oh, um, no she's she's really so uh, the purpose you know the, her purpose is to be a, an educational ambassador that's why sure. she's so calm okay um, we've literally put her through um, a lot of situations 
conversations even as a young baby like i would carry her in a pouch with me everywhere i went like oh, wow. supermarket i got like the weird looks most people don't even realize it still. <laughs> but um we super socialized her so that she wouldn't be nervous in a different situation or around crowds of people okay. um, Makes and sense. we can use her as a tool an educational tool because obviously um people when they see an animal up close like this it makes a totally different impact than if you're just telling them or showing them a picture mm-hmm. um and opossums are one of those animals that have a real bad stigma about them a lot of people don't like them right okay um, I'm assuming it's because of their resemblance oh, to rats. She's a doll. She's great. Yeah, I love she's, her, uh, her, like, her very nails. sharp nails. Or she gets claws. manicures. Oh, she's oh, there you go. Her nails are like, yeah, really there nice you go. and trim. Yeah, she gets manicures. <laughs> she uses head and About shoulders. About the size of a cat, like a small cat. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, a, she's a, just under it's a year big. old. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she when I got her, she was literally the size of a mouse. Wow. Um, she was tiny. And you know, they're just these really extreme animals. Unfortunately, possums, even ones in captivity, don't live past about three years. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, they have oh, wow. super short lifespans. It's like, Live fast, eat trash, and die. Like that's basically the like fur what looks they do. Very soft. And, <laughs> she is. You can yeah. I mean, feel free. You guys can feel free to okay. pet her here. Let's get the feel. Yeah, let's get the feel. Let me bring her over here. Oh, oh yeah. Pat, right? Yep. Yeah. She uses okay. shampoo and conditioner. She's she's very you know on the there you go fancy. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, so Dizzy's great. She she's <laughs> really fantastic. Um and and has been an amazing animal ambassador. And it's always a pleasure to bring her out and introduce her to people because they feel a little less scared once they've had you know an experience with an animal like this and they realize they're not vicious. They have a strange look to them. You know they've got this really toothy grin. Um, right. They've got more teeth than any animal in North America. So oh, right. yeah, they oh, have okay. the most teeth of any animal in North America. So you know they can be a little imposing. Um, okay. And especially when you run into them at like one o'clock in the morning, throwing out the trash, <laughs> you know, you see this giant thing in your trash bin. But they're really harmless. Um, they hardly carry any diseases at all. Huh. They have a really low body temperature, so that doesn't let things like rabies get hold in them, okay. which is interesting. So you don't have to yeah. worry about them as far as any diseases or sickness goes. Um, their nature's clean up. They will just eat anything and everything. Um, and that's because they have this huge metabolic process. I mean, literally, if if we lived like them, I mean, imagine us being born, and by the time we were adults, we'd be like, you know, 25 feet tall. Their body mass grows <laughs> tremendously from okay. a tiny, you know, when they're born, they're like Could the size be a of go. a bean. Yeah. yeah, so they have this just huge metabolic need for food, and they eat and eat and eat. It's what they do. Eat and sleep. It's a good life. Uh, I mean, you know, and I love, nothing wrong with that. And the tail, I love how the tail curls around your hand there. Yeah, the tail is like one of the most amazing things about opossums, in my opinion. It's really prehensile, really grippy, and they basically use it as like a fifth limb um, when climbing. It's extra security. She also likes to use it um, for grabbing things. She likes to collect like leaves and oh, papers. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And she curls it up in her little tail and carries it along. It's really cute. Interesting. I sniff into the mic. That's her Say something. <laughs> we hear you. <laughs> That's her sniffing in the mic nubby. Yeah, she's very curious. She is. Uh, she's really out. She doesn't know us, but yet she's yep. into it. I love it. And and that's what we try to do with our educational animals. We really try to socialize them well so that they're comfortable in most situations. Right. And we can convey what we have to about them without them freaking out, you know. Do you find that the, a lot of um, you get a lot of good feedback with that, especially among kids who are coming? Like, oh uh, well, it's a hundred percent. I mean, my favorite thing is to see you know somebody's face when you first pull it out, and they have this face of disgust. Um, and then by the time you're done introducing them, they like want to get in there and hug her and kiss oh, that's her. Awesome. <laughs> that's like the best feeling in the world. Kids are naturally, I mean, kids just gravitate towards animals in general. Um, if you don't teach them to be scared, they won't. So kids always love her. It's the adults that usually are a little hesitant, but they always win them. She, Dizzy wins everybody. <laughs> and she has her. like whiskers. She does. Yeah. She has whiskers just like okay. a cat. And that's okay. all helps her at night when she's wandering around and can't see. They have terrible eyesight. Um, so they rely on those whiskers to keep them from bumping into things. Okay. And, and her ears, she are really kind of bat-like. They can move in different directions. And she's actually shutting them down a little bit right now because I'm talking in her face, um, but she can fold her ears up and kind of shut them down. She's shutting bit. us out. Yeah, yeah essentially. Ah, well, you I know. can't hear you. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, she's really sweet. I'm glad you guys got to meet her. Yeah. 
I and, mean, uh, um, I encourage everyone to come down um, to the park where you can meet her. Absolutely. We'll have her out all week, all, all summer long, I should say. There you go. She'll be out, and uh, you can meet Dizzy firsthand. Very cool. So I know you also have um, our, our tennis, the Falcon, that you just introduced uh, oh, as well. Okay. Popcorn this is Park cool. Zoo. Looking forward so to this. So let me hand off Dizzy, and we're going to get Dizzy away. Yeah, because, make sure um, Dizzy is Dizzy's protected uh, here. Friendly so face. I noticed that you have her all in dark. You have a blanket over mm-hmm. there. That's okay. So she this, can get some good shut yeah, eye. Yeah, it's just for travel. Um, she, Like I said, she's pretty used to this, so she will sleep under any conditions. I think I could put her there with like paper towels, and she would be fine, too. <laughs> okay. She's, she's pretty hardcore. All right, I'm going to come over here and grab Artemis Now, I'm quick. assuming Artemis, right, we, we keep them separate. Yeah, we don't. Uh, yeah, okay, got it. comes a really short show. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so, gotcha. So, uh, Artemis, um, also one of your new education ambassadors, um, retiring as well, so living the life at the Popcorn Park Animal, uh, Zoo and Animal Refuge. Danny Mendez, assistant director, uh, getting our um, other second guest from oh, the zoo. Wow. Here's Artemis. Okay, I'm getting my phone out here. Oh, that's so, so cool. Artemis is here. Okay. Dave, uh, oh, you just, oh, there you go with the mic. Over here. Help out, Danny. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank the you. Mic? No, you're good. I just want to hold her over here in case wow. we have an accident. <laughs> um, Artemis is pretty amazing. She is our newest ambassador at Popcorn Park, and she's got a really fascinating story. Um, have you guys ever been to medieval, medieval times? Oh, yeah. I yeah, went went yeah, once back it. in high school. It was fun. In high school. Yeah, it's a great place. I always think so, of the movie The Cable Guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? The whole <laughs> Wait, silence of the lambs. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't the have labs. forks in medieval times where they had Pepsi? <laughs> One of the best scenes ever. Well, she actually came from medieval times. Um, oh, Artemis wow. was, if you've, if you've oh, been wow. there in the last five or six years, you've probably seen her performing. She was their main performing falcon. Um, so Artemis was the uh, kind of the whole center of the medieval times show for a while. Um, then around COVID time, 2020 or so, they stopped doing shows for a bit. And Artemis, well, she put on a little bit of COVID weight. Um, okay. She got a little chunky. Didn't we all? Yes, we all did. <laughs> she got a little chunky, became a little less athletic. And when it came time to perform, she decided she wasn't going to fly around the arena like she's supposed to do. Mm. So she would stop on people's tables, um, hang out with them. She would steal oh, people's scarves and hats sometimes. <laughs> so she became a little too spicy for medieval times. So they decided to put her into retirement. And uh, she has come to Popcorn <laughs> Park, where she's now retired and spending her time with us. And uh, she's educating the public just like the rest of our animals do. And she's really fantastic. I mean, to get to be this close to a falcon of this size is amazing. Um, she's also a unique bird. And she's a hybrid. She's not a regular shade up falcon. She's a hybrid between two species of falcons. So uh, because of that, she has all these really unique features. But I mean, this is literally like the world's fastest animal. I mean, hmm. 240 Oof. miles per hour. Oh, been clocked wow. At. It's okay. I used to run on the track, Dave. There you yeah. go, buddy. And there's like a little, she has a little helmet on here. Yeah, she's wearing a hood right now. So she is a hunting bird. She's been trained in the art of falconry. Um, that hood keeps her calm. It lets her know that her only job is to kind of sit back and chill out. I'll take the hood Interesting. off. Interesting. You'll, you'll see immediately there's going to be a kind of a change in her behavior. She's going to be much more aware, um, and she's going to be a little more active. So we'll do that now just to kind of give you guys a little... And that is Artemis's face. And you can see she's not looking around like, no, where am I? I? How did I get <laughs> here? It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, she's stunning to look at. Um, and like I said, it's just a really unique opportunity to have a bird um, of this kind this close to you. Um, so you see, she's looking around. She's trying to figure out what it is she has to do at this point. She's much more curious. Yes. Yeah. She knows. I mean, she is a performer, and she knows that her job is to fly around and chase after her lure and come back as called. So once the hood is off, it's like I'm in performing mode, and mm. she gets ready to go. But mm. Beautiful eyes. Very yeah. interesting. Beautiful, but uh, just a stunning bird altogether. And, I mean, it's just uh, from a, a 
biological point of view, it's just a fascinating animal. I mean, this is what we base a lot of our military tech on. Um, it's this animal. You can look even in her nostrils. She's got like these little kind of bumps inside of her nostril. I mean, the that is designed to break up the air. As she's diving over 200 miles per hour, she can still keep breathing oh, wow. because as the air enters her nostrils, it kind of breaks up and it's not like forcing it it's into her lungs. Oops, sorry. She's going to poop. So I mean, sure. It happens. That. Yep. Um, <laughs> So essentially, uh, she is designed for speed and the kill. Super powerful beak, super huge talons, as you can see, that are resting on my hand. Um, and the beak is really amazing, too. The beak has a very specific shape. The shape on it is actually made to separate vertebrae. So mm -hmm. when they land on their prey, they just snip the spine, and it's all over. It's wow. pretty efficient. Quick and painless. So, yeah, there's no struggle that way, and you know, it's, it's pretty quick and easy. So Yeah, so we're really excited to introduce her to everyone and her familiarity. A lot of people are going to have a familiarity with her because of medieval time, so it's just a fun story. Yeah. yeah. A lot of great stories. Absolutely great gorgeous. guests here this morning. Yeah, yeah she's stunning. <laughs> Not a hawk, but a falcon. Close okay. enough. <laughs> she can be an honorary hawk today. What is the main difference between the two? Um, well, it's, it's hunting style. So okay. um, hawks are kind of a general purpose bird. They live in woodlands. They can hunt from a tree. They can hunt on the wing. They can soar above and dive down on something. They have kind of a whole bunch of different plays in their playbook. Falcons are different. Falcons are strictly speed birds. So what they'll do is they'll fly up really, really high. And then they choose to come down on their prey, usually birds flying in midair. So they'll have like a midair collision and take their birds down. Um, so falcons are built for hunting other birds and they're built for speed. Hawks are kind of general purpose. They can eat birds, rabbits, right. squirrels, whatever. Um, so it's a little different. Um, and falconry, that obviously comes into play. It depends on the style of hunting and things like that. So a bird like this is really great for open areas. Um, her species, a lanner falcon, is native to Africa, so they're actually a desert species of falcon. So they, they kind of operate in these wide open areas. What uh, is the difference of an eagle then? Hmm. So an eagle is just a larger version of a hawk essentially, but eagles tend to specialize a little more than hawks. So like our uh, American eagles, for instance, our uh, bald eagles, they tend to be fish specialists just oh, like our okay. ospreys, which are also a type of eagle. Um, so eagles tend to be bigger birds with a little more specialization. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And it knows her neck the way it turns practically all the way around. It's yeah, she has full 180 degree view. Um, you know, like most predators, her eyes are facing forward, so she has to adjust for that. Right. She's gonna just kind of get a little. She's getting a little edgy, like she needs to fly somewhere. So she's gonna look around. She might flap around a little bit, just to like, sure. Don't don't worry about it too much. She's trying to see what she can get away. With. <laughs> <laughs> Not much room in here. Yeah, to go fly. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, working with an animal like this, they really test you. Oh, like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> they really test you. So she's always going to see what she can get away with, how much room she's got to and fly, what she can test. With her wings, you could feel the wind. The that's power a lot is of power. incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a bird. You know, every time it flaps its wings, they accelerate like ten miles per hour off the fly. So, wow. I mean, in six wing beats, this bird is up to sixty, seventy miles per hour. Oof. You know, on level flight. Um, when they're when they're diving down an incline, it's a totally different story. Wow! So a lot of great. Uh, I mean, two great guests in this morning, but certainly plenty for people to go and check out at the popcorn oh, park too. Yeah, and she will just like Dizzy. She'll be making her rounds around all summer long, there so everyone can feel free to come on up if they see me walking around with a falcon. Nice. Yeah. Ask as many questions as you want. Yeah. So those are just two of the people that pe you can go check out before lions, tigers, and beers on June tenth. Danny, so as we uh, wrap up here, what is what are some of the other uh, animals or some other things that people can look forward to at Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge? Um, at the refuge this year, we have a lot of new animals that have come in. Uh, like I said, we have two new lions, two new tigers that came to us from Canada. Check them out. They're like really young and 
um, like excitable animals. They love like stalking little kids. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh so Doug, bring it, bring your kids for the ultimate treat. Oh, you, you get chased by a tiger. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, other highlights, of course, are our birds will be making a comeback this year. Last year, because avian flu, we kept them um, behind closed doors. But this mm. year, they're going to be out, so you can revisit our parrots again. Nice. It'll be out. Um, and of course, just all of the usual residents, our longtime old residents, and everyone's come to know our lion. Simbo's been there for like 16, 17 years. Oh, He's well. always fun to watch. And things like the goat. And our horse seven, they love the attention from the people. So we encourage everyone to come down and there give them go. the love they deserve. Absolutely. Danny, appreciate you coming in, talking Thanks about lions, tigers, beers, bringing in our, our new friends. Our special guests. Artemis here. Um, and Dizzy. And uh, look forward to checking out some of the animals. And everybody, go check out Popcorn Park Zoo and Animal Refuge in Fork River. Well before lions, tigers, and beers, June 10th. Go there any day. Bring the kids and go there for a day of fun. Go uh, go learn something about all the different animals and all the great care that everybody over there at the Animal Refuge does. Danny, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me, guys. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Now it's time for Dan Alexander to take the wheel and give you a look at what's on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Good evening, Dan. What's going on? Then coming up Friday, Warhorse Scuba hosts a comedy night at the Patterson Family Barn on Adelphia Road in Freehold starting at 6. Warhorse Scuba is a nonprofit group that helps combat veterans to provide uh, facilities, equipment, and trained recreational scuba professionals. Saturday the 22nd, A Need We Feed hosts their fourth annual casino night at the Toms River Elks on Washington Street in Toms River from 6 until 11. Also on the 22nd, the Corporal William H. Smith Detachment Marine Corps League hosts a veterans dance at the VFW on Route 9 in Bayville. That starts at 6. Sunday, the Monmouth County Child Advocacy Center holds its 5K and fun run Stomp Out Child Abuse at Thompson Park in Lincroft starting with registration at 8 a.m. The Monmouth County Child Advocacy Center provides a child-friendly, appropriate facility where victims of child abuse receive all of the necessary services under one roof. Saturday the 29th, Contact of Ocean and Monmouth County hosts their 36th annual Spring Luncheon and Gift Auction at Spring Lake Manor on Route 71 in Spring Lake from 11 till 3 in support of the 24-7 Crisis Intervention and Suicide Prevention Hotline. Also on the 29th, Made Monmouth. The vendor fair takes place at Brookdale Community College in Lincroft. Goes from 10 until 4 with over 150 vendors selling products made in Monmouth County. And on Saturday the 29th, St. Stephen's Episcopal Church hosts a legacy summit for estate and will planning at the church on Route 539 in Whiting that goes from 10 until 2. Seating is limited. To get your nonprofit club or organization's event listed on the community calendar, click the submit link at the top of the community calendar page on this station's website. For Jersey Shore Journal, I'm Dan Alexander. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Well, it's time for me to say goodbye and good night, but we do have a full look at what's going on in Jersey Shore news on our free Town Square Media family of apps here in Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Have a great night and a great week ahead, everybody. Talk to you soon. This has been Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue, a public affairs presentation of Town Square Media. Join us again next week as we keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. If you have a story you'd like us to cover on Jersey Shore Journal, please email the host, vin.evenue at townsquaremedia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.